Citizens of Natstown is brought to you by the Ballpark Bus, with departure stations at Clyde's and Ashburn, Glory Days in Reston and Herndon, the Green Turtle in Ballston, Sterling, and Dulles, and Velocity 5 in Centerville. When you don't want to drive to the ballpark, leave the driving to us. Take the Ballpark Bus. Visit www.ballparkbus.com for more information or on Twitter at at ballparkbus. All right, hello Natstown. Uh, we are live here. Got TJ Lanamar, Mr. Matthew Davila. Davila. God, gonna get it right at some point. No, you're not. Stop and crying. David Huzzard. The Huzz. <laughs> we call him the Huzz. All right. Um, we uh, we had a series last week that was fantastic. That started last week, ended this week against the Braves. Got our first sweep. Mm-hmm. And then we went to Miami. And cried. Yeah, I, I did that in the corner last night. Yeah, well, um, there is just something about the Marlins versus the Nationals that the Nationals can't overcome. They you know what it is? I the hate them. <laughs> I don't think that's it. I think no. it's that... Yeah, I don't think that's the reason that we lose. I, I think Heath Bell is a perfect example of what happens. He's sitting there, he can't get anyone out. He's blowing saves left and right. Then he gets to face the Nationals. Yeah. Gets three saves in a row. That was painful. And I don't know if you remember this, but I remember there was a guy they had, had about a 220 average, uh, 270 on base percentage, and would hit about 15 to 20 home runs every year. Josh Willingham? No. (laughs) Cody Ross. Okay. And about half those home runs would be against the Nationals. Willingham hurt us pretty bad too. He did, and Mike Jacobs and anyone that's worn a Marlins uniform hurt us. Has Accurate. Hurt the it's 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 in the job description. Must hit Nats. <laughs> the, the, the Nationals have they have like a one third of a chance to beat the Marlins. One game out of every three, which is kind of bad. It's odd. It really is odd. It is, because if you think about the Nationals and Marlins, they've been in the same place for many seasons in a row here. And now, we're just sort of in the same place again, uh, with both teams having made improvements in the offseason. But yet, you know, the Nationals are 2-3 and three on the season against the Marlins. Let's not, let's not lose track of that. But the last three games are the kind of games that just sort of annoy you, because in two of the games... The Nationals had the lead heading into the late innings. Yes. And then didn't hold the lead. I have an idea. Giancarlo Stanton. I have an idea. Yes. Giancarlo Stanton. Don't have any ideas, Matt. <laughs> the next thing <laughs> you're going to say is, is you know what I'm thinking. No. I was going to say we should talk about the uh, the three games before that. We're going to finish up our thought process and we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll okay. do this first. Um well, the first thing is uh, walk him every time. Yeah, the, the, the fan yeah, base's no. first response is walk him every time. You know what? 
He has a no. Okay, even when you have a four hundred on base percentage, that means you fail sixty percent of the time. Mm-hmm. You know who had a six hundred on base percentage one year? Yes, Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds. How many times he was intentionally walked that year? Two thousand four. A lot. And twenty. One hundred and twenty times. Can you imagine that? Just there's always a base open, even if it's home plate. And you know that's what some people are starting to think with John Carlos Stanton. He's a good player. He's not Barry Bonds. Not an all-time great player. And I think it's very telling. Very telling. He had an under 700 OPS month of April. Marlins won eight games. He has an over 1,000 OPS in the month of May. Marlins win 21 games. Mm-hmm. They spent all that money to bring in, in Jose Reyes. To be their offensive guy. Mm-hmm. But their team is dependent on John Carlos Stanton. And he's really the only likable Marlin that there is. Yeah. Hanley Ramirez took six seconds, or almost seven seconds, to make it to first base on a single. What is that? Because average? he had to stand at about four seconds. About four, okay. He had to stand at home plate and watch it for three seconds before trotting to first base because his single was so majestic. Yeah, that killed me was even when you get past the fact that he stands there and poses for a single, then he just jogs to first base nonchalantly yeah. and just... No, it's... it. I mean, there's just a player so full of himself. I wish that a Nationals pitcher had just knocked him down a couple times. I mean, that... Is really what should happen. He needs to be not. Yeah, he, I mean, he's having too much fun beating the Nationals. Do you remember last year? There was a game at Nationals Park. Tyler Clifford. Tyler Clifford threw high and tight when he was taking his sweet time. Yes. And I think he, I think he paid attention after that. That needs to happen more. I don't know why it doesn't. Maybe it's because we were in Miami. Maybe that's why we didn't do it. Maybe it's because we were in the games. I don't know, but we just need to. There needs to be a game where a national starting pitcher just decides, you know what? I'm sick of this guy. We're going to lose this game. But the first nine Marlins batters are all going down. <laughs> one by one, just right at, just just eat dirt, one after the other. And just, just make them understand that if you want to beat the Nationals... It's going to hurt. It's Yeah, it ain't going to be fun. These days of sitting there admiring your, 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 your sack flies and your singles... Those days are over. You do that, you're taking one in the ribs. Or, you know what would be better? Is if, after Hanley Ramirez had admired that single, if he had hit Giancarlo, just hit him right in the ribs, turn to Stanton on first base as he's walking to second, and just say, that happened because of you. (laughs) And just, just make him understand that now the really big scary guy is mad at him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't want to piss off John Carlo. Just saying. Yeah, he'd probably eat you. I mean, really. I feel like that would be nice. <laughs> I feel like I that's hope. the nice version of what would happen. <laughs> I-, I hope that all this spending spree of the Marlins and the fact that they're still only averaging about twenty thousand comes back to bite them. It will. And that they end up losing John Carlo, and they get For stuck the with an aging Hanley Ramirez and an aging Jose Reyes. While Giancarlo goes somewhere else and thrives and just comes back to haunt them. 
Bronx. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, honestly, is there a guy that you could see more in pinstripes than... That's true. Giancarlo Stanton? I don't know. They got some big money down there in Miami these days. Yeah, it's when because you can sign they can close to for the million. last decade. Yeah. yeah, and they deferred all that money. All that was deferred payments. Yeah. That's why That's why Pujols ended up not going there. He didn't want to be making a million dollars a year until the year uh, 2150. Mm-hmm. He didn't figure he'd be alive to enjoy his money. Yeah. All those contracts were deferred? Yeah. I did not know that. They're deferred. Scary stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I dislike the Marlins more than I do the Phillies, which let's go back to the beginning of the road trip. Well, we talked about that last Thursday. Let's go back to the... The the best part of the road trip. Yes. Yeah. The Atlanta trip. Game one of that series. We won that one 7-4 with an early and a late inning outburst. Yes. Four runs in the first and then three runs in the seventh. You know, if you take away the innings where the Nationals scored runs, they didn't score any runs. <laughs> no, there was uh, definitely there of a nine-inning game. There were seven innings we didn't score any runs, but those runnings, those I'm, innings I'm being where sarcastic. we <laughs> don't know those, if you could tell those those innings where we scored though were huge. They were huge. I remember Zimmerman had a bases clearing double, double. after. After they walked Bryce Harper mm-hmm. to pitch to Zimmerman, and he had a he had a nice little stare for him after he was standing on second base. After he was standing on second base, mm-hmm. yeah. not while at home plate watching his ball fly in for a double. Nope, nope. Yeah. That's that's how you that's how you do it right. Yeah. Kids at home. Yeah, if you want to watch someone who plays the game with respect, you watch Ryan Zimmerman. Mm-hmm. Don't watch Hanley Ramirez. Jeez, even Bryce Harper. I mean, he, he won't even jog around the bases on a home run. I know, but Ooh. mothers, don't let your sons grow up to be Hanley Ramirez's. Or Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> let them be doctors and lawyers and such. Thank you there, Matt. All right. <laughs> Moving on to the next game in the Braves series. The Nationals won 8-4 to four in this eight game. 8-4. to four. Look at all this offense. That was... Steven Strasburg against Mike Miner. Mm, yeah, no, that was nice. Espinosa had uh, a three-run home. Yeah, that run. was that was nice. Uh, first off, Strasburg had another game that was well, not great. Not great. But he powered I mean, through it. He powered through it. Yes, he did. Gave up another home run to Dan Agula. Agula. Yes. And Tom Gorzolani came in for three scoreless innings. Yeah, how bad has Tom Gorzolani been? I think the I think. Uh, the blower's job has been deferred. To Ryan come. Perry? Mm, maybe. Yes. No, I need somebody who could be in there for longer than that. It has... It's got to be a long guy, which would leave Ross, uh, Gorgelani, or Stan. You, you know what's interesting, though? Is that... Uh, Tyler Clippard came in and got the save in this game. Yes, he did. Interesting stuff. Because <laughs> that was before say, the Nationals. Uh, we were only up by three at that point. Yeah, we were only up by. Well, he came in in the eighth. In... Yes, yes. Tail yes. end of the eighth. Yeah. Got the four out save. Yeah. The old four out save. I don't know. He got the two. No, that's weird. He got. He only worked two t- two thirds of an inning. And he came in in the ninth. Oh, this is where he came in the ninth. Uh, the tying run was at the plate. Yeah. Ah. 
Well, you're confusing yourself. The I'm save, trying to remember. The save stat is a very odd stat. Mm-hmm. With yeah, all that's why I'm looking at it a little yeah, confused. Yeah, I think we just stipulations. Yeah. And then... Um, and can we be honest, how dumb is the uh, the three-inning save? <laughs> it's the most amazing type of save ever. Because you can get a save in like a 21-8 to eight game. Like yesterday? Yes. <laughs> yes, I feel that is... Uh, it Did is that actually great. happen? Yes. Yeah, the Seattle beat... Yeah, Texas I know they twenty one to something, but a guy came in for the last three innings and he got a save because he was there for three innings. Are you kidding? No, no. I knew the score was ridiculous, but he, he saved, saved the game wow. in a game where they had like an eighteen run lead. Yes. Well, it is quite a great stat to really. It should be the end all be all stat of judging really. I know Justin Smoke didn't hit enough home runs in that game. That's all I know. Okay. Well, Two, three Sunday rounds. night baseball. Sunday night baseball. That game was fun to watch. Geo we actually Wallace. did something on national TV. How about that? And we swept a series. Look at that. Two for two that night. Granted, you know what? That was the night we live blogged. Mm. It was us. Yeah. yeah. I'll take okay. the credit. Yeah. That's true. We were live blogging, weren't we? If you think the moment, the defining moment in that game, I think for everyone, will be Bryce Harper. Hitting the home run off yeah. of Javon Hernandez. That was a that was nice. I like that one for a couple of reasons. Cause one, his shoes were untied in that first at bat. And you know what was funny? I looked over at my girlfriend. I said, "I'll bet you anything, Bryce Harper's gonna strike out here." And sure enough, he did. I was like, "That's the that's the Levo effect." He looked silly. Yes. At first at bat. But his next at bat, I was like, "The kid's gonna show what he's made of." He learned. He learned quick. He learned. Now moving. Moving that was a giant F you. That, that was no no. No, I think that was mutual respect if that was anything. You're gonna make me look that dumb, I'm going to do the same to you. Well, I think if we look Bryce Harper is a very mature approach at the plate. He does. But sometimes he can still be nineteen. Yes. If we look at Tuesday night's game against the Marlins, he came up with the bases loaded, one out. Fouled off two pitches in a row, mm-hmm. struck out on the third. Because he wanted to hit a grand slam. When at that time, all he needed to do was hit a sack fly and tie the game. There's still times when he is going to look like a 19-year-old. But I think that those times, when they happen, they're not going to happen again. I think those times are severely outnumbered by the times that he has just uh, the quote-unquote veteran approach at the plate. The time where he fouls him off, waits for his pitch, and takes the the single or the double as opposed to needing the home run at that time. And, you know what, I'll take it. The kid's 19. You're right, he's going to be 19 sometimes. But he learns very quickly from those experiences. What was the stat they were showing last night uh, about his second time through the lineup facing somebody? It's ridiculous. Yeah, Like 400. He's like 150-something batting average through the first time through. And after that, he's hitting almost 500. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. I mean, it shows he knows what he's up there doing, even if he does look 19 sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I'm really bummed that Heath Bell got a save against us three nights in a row. You should be bummed about that. <laughs> that is just, it, it's symbolic, though, of what the Marlins do. That's how. They have beaten the Nationals time and time again. Here's Logan Morrison has three home runs on the season. Two of them are against the Nationals. Exactly. Right? That guy does not have a career no. if the Nationals... If he went to the NL Central, he'd be DFA in a week. 
Now, I have to ask, um, completely kind of off topic here, is there a Marlin that looks worse in those orange uniforms than Heath Bell? I, 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 uh, let me fix your question. Is there a human being that looks worse <laughs> in those uniforms? He just Ever. looked <laughs> giant. Like, he came out of the bullpen. He looked like this... He looks like a traffic cone. Yeah, it's just awful. I mean, I saw him come out like, ooh, he should, he should really not have signed here. <laughs> At least they weren't wearing those dang orange hats. Well, oh. I mean, they're going to probably... We'll see what happens this offseason with them. If they're going to go on another spinning spree, or if they say, oh, wait, we only drew how many people? That wasn't a great idea. And how about, how, about, how about Buck looking like a rainbow behind the plate? That's interesting. <laughs> I I don't know if I want to um, recycle, uh, my, give him my recyclables, or uh, if I want to uh, look behind him for a pot of gold. I mean, there's got to be something back there. You ever been behind the, the catcher at uh, Marlins Park? No, I haven't. Ah. <laughs> I've never even been to Marlins Park, but... Hopefully we'll rectify that this year. Yeah. Ah, uh, let's see. We should move forward to the games. That, oh, the month of May is over. It's done with. Yes. The Nationals, what was their final record in the month of May? Good question. Uh, I have to look. Let's see. Well, while we look, we will talk about the pitching in the month of May relative to uh, the Nats' overall stats was a bit of a slump. Um, and that is the reason why the Nationals record in May was not as good as April. But when you say the pitching staff struggled, it's relative. And 15 and 13. Yes, they still were over 500 in the month of May. So that's good. If they go over 500 every month, they will finish the season with an over 500 record. For the record, that's how long it took me to count one by one how many wins and losses they had. Yes. It took me longer. <laughs> I, I was right behind you, so well, I don't feel too bad. The Nationals pitching slumped, slumped in in May. Over the last uh, 30 days, Gio Gonzalez has been phenomenal, continue to be phenomenal. His... ERA was higher, though, in May than it was in April, all the way up to 2.25. But his FIP is still 1.93. A FIP that I'd like you guys to take a look at? Take a look at Ross Detweiler. Uh, Ross Detweiler had a 5.74 ERA. 3.74 FIP. And a FIP of two runs less. Yes. He was a bit unlucky then. But I I really, personally, I, I was not happy with him taking him out of the rotation. There are two sides to this. One, I love Ross, and I, I wanted to see him start. But, <clears throat> I mean, I felt bad for him that two bad starts cost him his job. Yeah. But the long and short of it is, is Wong in the rotation with how long he takes to get ready yeah, is it the doesn't most make sense, yeah. efficient way to and I mean, you got you got to kind of wonder what the Nationals are doing because they might very well be showcasing Chen Meng Wong. I kind of hope that's the case. And I mean, it would make sense because we have a lot of starting pitchers, two of them that are that have to be in the majors essentially. And we have a lot of, I mean, we have a log jam, especially when Worth comes back. Yeah, we're gonna have to make that choice between Espinosa and Lombardozzi of which one either a goes to the bench. 
or if one is moved for a piece of the deadline, along with say a Wong or a Lannan, or yeah. I mean we've we're gonna have some decisions to make here in the next probably what six weeks. Yeah, it's, there's it's gonna be decision time, and it, and the it, thing people have to realize is the Nationals aren't in the same place as they were in years past. They're no longer just trying to find major league players. Right. They're trying to build a team. And right now they have a lot of middle and bottom of the order bats. They have Lombardozzi is possibly one top of the order bat. I say possibly because he's only had, he's had under 150 plate appearances in the major league. So it's kind of too early to pass judgment on him. But he does look very good. Has a 381 on base percentage, which is extraordinarily good, and that probably won't keep up. I was looking at that earlier. He has a 321 batting average and a 381 on base percentage. It was, it was something like that 320 and 380, and then it was not much larger slugging percentage wise. So, um, I bring that up because I was just like, wow. I mean, he has an extremely high on-base percentage and a pretty high batting average. And the reason I, I thought about that is because at some point, somebody's going to figure out how to get him out. The good thing about Lombardozzi, he, he seems to know what pitch to look for and when to hit What it. I find about Lombardozzi and his batting average is you mentioned people finding ways to get him out. But if you look at his, his batting average on balls in play from the minors, it's relatively stable to what he's put up so far in the majors mm-hmm. and... And his approach at the plate, he has a very quick bat. And that's that's what I was gonna say too. Is like he has a he has a really good approach. I think because one, I think he, he either maybe it's just the way he is, but you notice Ryan Zimmerman almost never swings at the first pitch. Lombardozzi seems to do that too, where he seems to to wait. And he maybe I'm wrong here, but I haven't noticed Lombardozzi striking out a whole lot. He doesn't he usually, strike out a lot. He usually puts the ball in play, which is nice. And I mean, if you're leading off a game, all you got to do is put it over somebody's head, and at least maybe, you know, with Bryce Harper coming in right behind him, he's he's a fairly quick guy. He's got six strikeouts on the season. Out of how many plate appearances? Oh, 116. That's not bad. No, let's see. It's let's not. look at his minors numbers real quick. Pull him up. He did not strike yet a lot in the minors either. And he had a 370 on base through his career in the minors. It, it's it's not hard to believe that he's going to keep up with the, the good on base numbers, I don't think. It's I'd not, say probably but, like a, a 360. Probably I don't think him getting on base with a 380 is going to Right, play. But he, he doesn't draw a whole lot of walks either. He's, he's got seven. He's got seven. He's put the, when, you, when you're hitting um, over 300, it's harder to draw walks because you're hitting the baseball. That's true. Yeah. And I, do, I think people, I think people put too much emphasis on getting walks now. The point is to get on base. Yeah, Whether you get there via a hit, via a walk, via a hit by pitch, via catcher's interference, it doesn't matter. You know, imagine yeah, if there was a player that just their skill was drawing catcher's interference. Now, in your opinion, <laughs> what is a? Uh, I believe uh, that would be quite awkward. <laughs> in, uh, in your opinion, what is? the average on base percentage that we should be looking for. Well, I learned, say for a leadoff hitter, what would it be that we're looking I for? I looked up the league average the other day for a leadoff hitter, and it's not good. It's like 317. 319. Right? 319. Wow. Which I think is a, it speaks to two things. There's still a bit of a misunderstanding about what a leadoff hitter is among uh, managers in baseball. He's not just fast. 
Right. And also, there's not a lot of those guys out there. No, yeah, that's true. I mean, how many premier leadoff hitters can you name off the top of your head? I mean, there's just not a lot. Of, and you think about the Pirates, a guy like Andrew McCutcheon, who, if he was on the Nationals, would be hitting leadoff. Yeah. He's hitting third for them. That's not his best role. He should be hitting leadoff. He should be hitting leadoff for the Nationals. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) Why does he pay him a little too much money for us to go after him now? Why? Why did they do that? Um, (laughs) Why does money have to be an object? Yeah, we said the same thing about (laughs) Adam Jones, too. Um, I like like McCutcheon a little better than Adam Jones. I I completely agree. (laughs) Um, Think of how good that lineup will be, though. You have Lombardozzi up front. Worth comes back, is a true number two of just fouling off pitches, lets you see things. Zimmerman, Morse, LaRoche there? Harper at six, Desmond at seven? Uh, You're feeling. Where'd you put Morse? Uh, Fourth. Yeah, I think LaRoche at four. You think LaRoche, then Morse? I think they'll do the the, the right Right, left. Actually, I kind of like that because then you go. Zimmerman, LaRoche, Morse, Harper. Right, mm-hmm. left, right, left. Yeah. Three through six. So let's just say they bring in a left-hander because you have the inning starts. It's LaRoche, Morse, Harper. They bring in a left-hander. Okay. He gets LaRoche out. But LaRoche is a very is a patient hitter. He fell off some pitches. It makes him work. So Morris in the on-deck circle gets to see some things. Morris comes up. Boom. It's a home run. Then all of a sudden, Harper comes up. And we've seen Harper against left-handers. He hit a home run off of Johnny Venters. Uh, the other way against Johnny Venters. That is just, that is very impressive. So, this lefty, Harper, takes him the other way. Now all of a sudden, you got Desmond. And you got Desmond from the right side. I mean, that's not... <laughs> It's not an easy lineup. It's nothing to balk at there. I mean, then you got the... Well, maybe we draw a few balks, but... <laughs> that'd be you, uh You have whoever is breathing at catcher behind him. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the and then the pitchers to... who are uh, It hitting... could be a cardboard cutout, we're not sure, but... We'll, we'll just get that guy from Weekend at Bernie's to <laughs> catch back there. I feel like the job description for catcher in D.C. has changed drastically over the last two, three months. They went from... Wilson Ramos to breathing human being need apply <laughs> relatively quickly. Now, I have to ask uh, something I've noticed. When did the the catcher position become predominantly Hispanic? Not that it's a bad thing, it's just something I've noticed. I don't know. And, um, I, mean, if I you didn't think, think about, about it, it until you mentioned it. I mean, uh, having a... a Having a you know a white kid as a catcher is kind of like having a white running back in football. It's just something you you don't see. You Brian know? McCann, Joe Mauer, and Buster Posey. Yeah. And uh, Jared Salflamaki. It's becoming quicker <laughs> and falling apart faster. Jared Salflamaki is not he's not their everyday catcher. He is. Is he? Yes. Wow. It's more of a, a split with whoever's behind. Is it Shopping behind him? Shopping. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. But uh, it's like sixty forty. I think. Oh, salty. <clears throat> Yeah, I think it's it's sort of. But I don't it, think it's anything to do with the position itself. It's just sort of that's that trend because there are absolutely no black catchers in the majors and possibly in the minors. There's none. I don't but, think uh, I've ever met one. I've uh, seen one. I mean, Elston Howard. Huh. 
I mean, if you just think normally how, I mean, just the athletes that they are, you don't normally find, uh, if you find a, a heavier guy like that, a more stocky built guy, they're normally probably going to trend towards football where they can be bulk up more and be an offensive lineman, defensive lineman, rather mm-hmm. than go to baseball and play catcher. That's true. Um, I mean, yeah, that would be true. my thought. So Yes. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think it might just be one of those trend things. Uh, that we're having right now because yeah, just something interesting. It is just <clears throat> interesting. While we're, while we're talking about catchers, I just want to say I was impressed with Solano. I was up in uh, Syracuse last weekend and got to see him catch and pretty good defensively. When he hit the ball, I I don't think he got a hit at the game I went to, but when he hit it, he squared up on it pretty well. And then his first at bat in the major leagues, he hits a double. Down the line, if I recall correctly. They did, and then uh, I think uh, Rick and Keel followed him, which is unfortunate that Rick and Keel. Yes, that Rick and Keel is a, a hex. I mean, he's not a hex. He's a good guy. I'm sure. Never met him. <laughs> there are but times. Anyway, um, I don't like that guy. There are times <laughs> when Rick and Keel will get blazing hot, and make you forget that he's Rick and Keel. You mean he gets two hits? No, blazing hot. Where over a ten game period, he hits ten home runs. I don't forget that he's Rick Ankiel. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> but 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 then all of a sudden Rick Ankiel comes back. I does he have like a twin? Yeah, he plays like baseball I'll, sometimes. Yeah, I also want ten games a year. I also want to note that uh, watching Solano play yesterday on you know just as as the starting catcher was probably my favorite part of the game yesterday, which is hard to say because there was nothing I really liked about the game yesterday. He no, that was very strong. good in that spot. He was no and. He threw out Hanley Ramirez twice. Well, with, uh, I mean, it hasn't been confirmed by anything with the Nationals that Morse is coming back tomorrow. But he's saying he's coming back tomorrow from what I've seen. Yeah. Um, for, I mean, granted, it was a short stint last night, and he had the one at bat the night before. I'd take Solano over Maldonado. Maldonado well, gets sent. Well, what do I think? No, I, I, I think definitely so. think I think Solano was the guy they wanted to call up in the first place, but he mm. was on the DL. Right. So they, they called up Leon. Okay. Right. Then Leon got hurt that. right away, ah. and they called up <laughs> Maldonado. Well, anyway, but I mean, watching him play yesterday, one, he threw he threw some missiles to second base, and man, I love that. I, I love watching that, and just the way he carried himself, it just. It, he just he the way he carried himself just screamed this guy likes to play baseball and he he likes to play it the right way like he's having fun like after he threw out Hanley Ramirez the first time he had that kind of almost like pudge that little fist bump just to himself it didn't show anybody up just that you know like short little yeah it was good you know <laughs> <laughs> like yeah you know like like he was admiring his work but he wasn't doing it in the wrong way he didn't walk halfway to second base. Sort of look around like the like the umpire does to see where right. he got him. Right. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that. He yeah, he's definitely home plate and pound his chest and like Brandon Phillips. <laughs> and these are just there's too many guys in baseball that need to be or or, or Hanley Ramirez when we had the bases loaded the other day and when Ryan Zimmerman grounded out to third base he runs over to third base steps on it and pounds his chest as he walks off. Yeah. Good job fielding that grounder. Good, good job playing third base. Jerk. Yeah, I think Guess what? You weren't good enough to stay at short. <clears throat> oh, no. He was, he was amazing at short. He should have stayed there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. 
Oh. Well, you know, I just don't like that guy. I'm glad that we're done playing the Marlins for a little bit now. What if we face them next? Uh, you have the schedule pulled up somewhere here. <laughs> yeah, but then I have to reach for it. Yes, well... I know that the f- the, f- the next series we're going to see them is at Nationals Park, and they're going to be for four games because we're going to have a doubleheader. It's not for... It's not until... That doubleheader's not until, like, August. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we play at Miami just after the All-Star break. Well, in that July. is wrong. A lot of things Four game series, 13 to 16. Um, a lot of things can change by then. Storin should be back. Morse, Storin, perhaps Kimball. Perhaps. I, Marrero. I keep forgetting. Does Marrero have a spot on this roster? He does not. I, I think, think I would rather have... What's his option situation? He has options, but I would okay. rather have Marrero coming off the bench than Ankiel or Bernardino. The problem is, is I, he doesn't fit that spot. Off the bench? No, no, no. What they play. Yeah, but you only need one fourth outfield. That's true. I mean, right now yeah. they have three fourth outfielders on the roster. Yeah, it's true. I mean, we could afford to lose one. Yeah. Nady. Thank you. Nady, 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 Nady. Nady's not a fourth outfielder. Let's not insult fourth outfielders <laughs> by putting an eighty in that position. Nady's more like your sixth or seventh outfielder. I just, I, I He's think your sixth or seventh at AAA. I think <laughs> Rick Ankeel has. Served his time in D.C. No, I don't. I'm sorry. I don't think Rick Ankiel. I think Bernardino's done. I agree really, there, too. I'd, I'd rather have Ankiel than Bernardino. But what is the... If you're down to those two, does Davey like the uh, the defense you could get off the bench with him and uh, maybe offense fl- coin, flip of the coin, if I could talk. Right. Um, or do they like the... Potential upside that Bernardina has never. Bernardina been no longer. You don't even. He doesn't even have what you would call potential anymore. He's reached the point where the potential is unrealized, and you just understand it. And last night's game is a perfect example of what Roger Bernardina is. It is because you know he comes in, hasn't played in a while. He throws a guy out of the plate. Let's let's know, let's, let's go. No, he had that good of an arm. He does. Have, I did. Let's go before he does that. Have a good arm. Oh. Let's. Let's go back before that. The yes, first the inning, first inning, where he misread a fly ball, a, a pop up, and he ran back. Then he runs and, in, and, and by the time he gets there, he tries it drops to make a goofy a looking catch, and he drops it. Right. He for tries to make a step. goofy looking catch. I just and that really annoyed me. That leads to a Marlins run. Then he saves a run with his defense in the next inning with his arm. Okay, but he already made the mistake, so he's now at, at a zero. Then comes up to the plate. Hits an RBI double. Gets thrown out trying to stretch it into a triple. Yes. Again, one plus, one minus. And that's what Bernardino has always been throughout his career. He's basically your replacement level player. And he just goes right along. For every good thing he does, there is an equal and opposite bad thing that he does. Well, and the interesting thing is, too, is that fans as a whole seem to only focus on the good things he does. And I mean, I understand that, you know, you can like players who aren't the best players, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. But it gets to a point where your team needs to improve, you know. And if you have a guy who, I mean, he's supposedly his best defensive positions are the corner outfields, 
He showed us last night that, I mean, come on. His that, best defensive position is in Houston. <laughs> All right, that's just... It's time to, to say goodbye to Roger Bernardino. Roger Bernardino has been fun. He endeared himself to the fans. But I think uh, I think we need to go another direction. Okay, so... Looking at uh, position players that come back, we get Morris back, Maldonado goes down. Uh, we have DeRosa and um, Worth. I don't really know. the only two that are coming back. Or uh, Tracy. Marrero and then perhaps Tracy. We'll see what the outlook is after yes. he's actually had surgery. Um, so we have three right now. Three that we would like to come back. So... Um, we'll say DeRosa comes back first. Okay. Who's the first one to go? When DeRosa comes back, I think that says goodbye to Nady. Okay. Like in advance. Same thing. You know, just bye-bye Nady. Uh, Worth? Worth? I think that might be when Corey Brown gets sent down, depending on how they're using him, depending on what he's done. If he's outplayed Bernardino, Bernardino will go. I agree with that 100% actually. Yeah. And then, uh, in this case, it's Marrero that's coming back. But, I mean, player number three, who's the third one to go? Bernardino. So, it's really between um, Bernardino Bernardino and Brown, whether one gets sent down and then released, or released and then the other gets sent down. Right. Okay. So, I mean, they're both, when the roster's fully healthy, neither of them are on the roster. Uh, Neither of them are on the roster. But... You know, the roster's not healthy right now, so you have both of them. It'd be really nice if the roster was healthy. But it's not, and I think the Nationals... I don't want to say it, because I don't want to jinx anything. I'm going to cross both fingers. Here. Go ahead and knock on that wood on the floor. I will, I will knock on the wood here. And we will pray to whatever baseball gods will listen to us. That what I'm about to say does not curse the Nationals. I'm scared. Why are you doing this? The Nationals have had injuries. But all their injuries, except for Storing and Lynch, have been on the position player side. Their starting pitching has been (laughs) healthy. I do wish you hadn't said that, actually. I was thinking that, too. But, uh... So far. Yeah, so far they've been healthy, but Strasburg has had some issues. He has a 4.50 ERA in the month of May. Um, His FIP was better than that. His FIP was 3.52. So he's pitched better than what he has. um, Then the defense has let him down a bit. That might be the case. The guys have gotten lucky against him. But he has had some issues, and you can talk about icy hot. You can talk about uh, the humidity in Atlanta. You can talk about whatever else you want to talk about. But the fact is, Strasburg has not looked like Strasburg for the last few um, outings. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking maybe he just had a few bad games. I mean... That could be it. And I, I, I think at least Rossberg's lucky enough that he doesn't lose his job over a few bad games. Uh, well, I mean, his bad games haven't actually been really as bad as Dylan. Well, I, I, I'm being sarcastic here, you see. Yes. Okay. 
but I mean, I, I don't know. I think I chalked it up to a few bad games. It is his first full season after Tommy John surgery, so it could be the ups and downs of, you know, one day he's just going to feel great. Most days he'll just feel great, and other days he'll just feel a little bit tight. You know, that it and, could be, and, and I mean, hopefully I don't... that's what it is. But, but if there's a guy where I'm looking for a pattern that leads to an injury, I'm looking at Strasburg. That's true. Because I don't think Jordan Zimmerman's problem is he's throwing too many strikes. Yeah. Uh, Jackson's problem is he's incredibly unlucky, which you can read a post on that on uh, citizensofnatstown.com, written by one of our contributors. Gee, um, I wonder who wrote that one. I didn't write it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Stu. Yeah, was Stu. Oh, yeah. You should actually look at the site that you uh, are affiliated with every now and then. Yeah, check it out. It's good stuff. I've actually been to it. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> uh, Gio Gonzalez has been phenomenal this season. Okay. But if, you know, I, I just, I pray to to any god, not just a baseball god, but any god out there. If Hera would listen to this, I'll pray to her. But uh, that, that, Old that, Shiva. that there is no injury to a pitcher, especially Steven Strasburg. And that it was just a couple bad outings. And that tomorrow night, he comes out, strikes out 12 Braves, doesn't give up a run in eight innings, and the Nationals tee off on Mike Miner. Is there any way we can pretend that all the Pirates are, or the Braves are all Pirates? Uh, Matt Diaz could bat. <laughs> well, there's one plus. Um, his problem has been Dan Ugla. Uh, he's a lot of people's problem, though. Yeah, I mean, people do have, anyone with a television set that has to turn on when he's playing. Oh, but um, his arms are too big. He's a cabbage patch kid. I'm telling you. I've, <laughs> look at him. If you go to the Atlanta team store to buy a Dan Ugly jersey, do they sell them in adult sizes? They only come mm. in small. <laughs> they only come in cabbage patch kids. They only come in small. <laughs> uh, but Dan Ugly is. A problem for Strasburg and Strasburg, his competitive nature. I think part of his bad outing in Atlanta the last time was that he threw a hundred. He threw a hundred and two against Dan Ugla. He just said, "All right, Dan Ugla, I'm getting you out." Then he started walking people. Maybe the next time he faces Dan Ugla, don't throw so hard. <laughs> Maybe save some energy there. He decided, "All right, Dan Ugla, I'm going to get you out." Three batters later. <laughs> uh, yeah, he. Um, Maybe uh, you know. Sometimes I don't know about pitchers. Sometimes I think they load the bases just to see if they can get out of it. Some pitchers do. Some pitchers. I mean, it just seems that way. Like, because Steven Strasburg, he's one of those guys. He doesn't walk people. You know. I mean, everybody, every pitcher is going to walk somebody, but he's a he's a good control guy. You know, along with the power arm. You uh, want to guess what his uh, walks per nine are for, for May? Two. Three point eight. For May. Three point eight. Three point eight. That's not Steven Strasburg. No, yeah, no, that's no. not good. One is probably a bit. But of uh, you know what is good? Geo and Strasburg's K for nine for May. Any Ten. guesses? I know uh, Geo's is nine or eleven. For May. For, for May. May. 12? Geo is 12-6. Strasburg uh, is 12-4. Oh. oh, it's so beautiful. <laughs> it is wonderful, and I, 
there are numbers there that lead you to believe that Strasbourg is going to become Strasbourg again. But I, I think, I, I really feel like the entire rotation for the Nationals collectively just had a bad couple of starts. And it's just been, and, and the fact that we're calling what they've done bad starts, I think is just, you know, one, it's a symbol of where we are now. Because a little while back, I know I remember Jordan Zimmerman against the Pirates had a terrible quote-unquote game where he gave up four runs, struck out six, and walked one, two? One. Yeah. I was... But that's awesome. I was talk, thinking <laughs> about... Be good at a good game. People have talked about how good the Orioles starters have been this year. I looked at their numbers, and I go, that's not that good. Then I looked back at the Nationals numbers, and I'm like... Oh, that's what I'm comparing people to now. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. It, it, you know, you know, things are a bit skewed when you look at somebody's three point five ERA and you're like, wow, that's high. Yeah, you're having issues if you think three point five is high. And then, and that's what's funny. Uh, Edwin Jackson has the highest ERA on the staff. What is it? Three eight. <laughs> uh, something like that. But uh, I think Chiming Wong now has the highest ERA. On oh, that's right. Yep. I keep forgetting. He's a starter for us. That's Although he wouldn't qualify right now, so... Right. Uh, the other thing that I find interesting about the Nationals is the next time they face a under-500 club is the end of June. It's oh. the Colorado Rockies. That's a tough uh, stretch. With how the Rockies are playing right now, will they still be under-500? They could be over-500 by that time. Yeah. Uh, and how have they been playing lately? I know pretty good. Pretty well. I haven't paid any attention. And them. it's in Colorado, which uh, that has been a nightmare ballpark for the Nationals. Actually, uh, we'll talk about that in a couple weeks. Though. Of the four starters that have been there the entire time, Edwin has the lowest or the highest ERA, three one seven. Really? Yes. Wow. <laughs> that is that is well. That's true because that that uh, he gave up one run. On his in his start in Miami, and then he gave up another one that wasn't uh, an earned run because he threw the in ball away. Two oh four, two six four, three one seven, and two eight. You know what really, really, really irritated me about that game? Is we that lost two of the three runs that the Marlins got in that game. Their runners were on third base because some bonehead made a dumb play. One was Ricky and Keel when he threw it into second. Yeah. That, okay, that's an error of aggression. I wasn't so annoyed about that. But at the same time, come on, guy. You know? And then, uh, I don't really fault Edwin Jackson for, you know, trying to keep a guy close at first base, but... Let's just... Man, let's just, to throw the ball to Let's stand. just put it this <laughs> The Nationals allowed three runs that night. Mm-hmm. They scored one. Yeah. No, that's true. That's why they lost. Yeah, no, that is that's true, but... If you want to win baseball games... You need more than one run. You need to... Well, you don't need more than one run. But you need to... Most nights you do. That was one of those nights. All right, let's go through this real quick. While we've been talking about how the pitching has regressed and we haven't had uh, a great month overall... It's relative. We are tops... (laughs) We are still tops in ERA, tops in whip, tops in strikeout... And we are tied for second least home runs given up in Major League That's Baseball. That's pretty awesome. I mean, <laughs> and I mean, no, that 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 is a good thing. Like we're talking about how you know we've regressed, and but we're still awesome. That's yeah, what's I great mean, about that's, it. That is fantastic. And you, know, you know, everybody's gonna look back on this road trip and talk about how horribly it ended. But 
Everybody forgets that. But yeah, it's a five and four road trip. We we won two games in Philadelphia, which okay, that's that's hard to do. Philadelphia is is a tough town. Uh, swept the Braves. Swept the Braves. They were in second place when we started playing them. No, they were tied for first with us, or just under. Just for, under. They were, okay, they were a half game behind. That's right. And we, we, we essentially knocked them into fourth place. Well, we did knock them into fourth place. And then we played the Marlins. And then we played the Marlins. This, uh, this is one stat that I, uh, I like quite a bit right here. Um, walks given up. We're, we're in the top third, however you want to say it, of least amount of walks. So we're you know the top 30% of the league. How many, right how many runs has a team given up? Uh, let me check real quick. Earned runs given up. Actually, we'll just go with full runs because I think earned runs are dumb. We are best in the majors at 167. Wow. So when we're saying that the pitching staff has quote unquote struggled, we're saying this. This is just like what we were talking about earlier with the ERA. When you're looking at a two ERA and you look at somebody's three point five ERA and you're like, wow, that's high. <laughs> it's all relative. It's all We're giving relative. up 3.34 runs a game. <laughs> but here's the good news about Remember the month of May. <laughs> here's the good news. The Washington Nationals offense scored 4.12 runs a game. If And you know what? So our pitching started out really strong, and now our offense has come along pretty well. Maybe this next month will be the month where both things are just firing on all cylinders. Here's here's the encouraging stat. Again, we're first in all of those things that I listed. Another thing that we're first in, batting average against. I believe 222 that. are what they're hitting against our entire staff. Pretty good. Now, and you're also talking about our bullpen doesn't have some of our top guys. Correct. Yes. Uh, but... Bullpen does have some good guys. They do, and I think people need to lay off Tom Gorzolani a bit. Yeah, I mean, he, he, I give that guy all kinds of crap, but man, he has <coughs> held strong so far. He he's I had think, a couple of poor outings. Don't get me wrong; I mean, he's still Tom Gorzolani, but uh, I can't complain with what he's done. How about Sean Burnett? He's been good this year. Yeah, he, he needs to keep it up. Another article you can find on Citizens of Mass. I read that one. Okay. Shameless self-plugging. <laughs> yes, you heard it here. Yes, we have a guy that, that, that writes on there. That uses lots of charts and graphs and facts. It, it's and really educational. Fancy things like that. Yeah, it's hop, really educational. Hop on citizensofmatstown.com. Uh, sort out things by Slayton Worshipper. They are fantastic. Mm. Just go and take a look at what he does. Slayton Worshipper. I love, <laughs> I love the irony in that name. Yeah. The, first time I, the first time I read Slayton Worshipper, I was like, Stu, <laughs> I love you. Yeah. <laughs> I love this guy. What can I say? Yeah, well, I'm not talking about Slayton. <laughs> uh, there's another... Uh, we're talking about the offense has scored 4.12 runs a game. And there's something that may happen as soon as Friday. Michael Morris. Oh, God, I can't wait. <laughs> now, now... I don't want to know what that sound was. But all right. <laughs> what's been talked about happening with Michael Morris here, with Worth still on the shelf, is that the outfield is going to be Lombardozzi in left, Harper in center, Morris in right. 
because Lombardozzi's 381 on base percentage has to stay at the top of the lineup. Yeah, agreed. And Espinosa started to come around. He's put up very Espinosa-like numbers yeah. for the last. I'm month. actually, I, I really like what I've seen out of Espinosa recently. Not that I've ever been down on Espinosa. I will. Espinosa, Espinosa's always been one of my favorites, but he's he's been showing a better approach, a better approach at the plate. I think he might not he might not ever be a 300 hitter with you know like a 380 on base percentage, but I mean he's doing what he's doing right now. What made Espinosa everybody love Espinosa last year? Right, he just still has those bad numbers that are hiding his good numbers. You know yeah. that's just the way it's been. Um, now our uh, our collective UZR, as flawed of a stat as that can be at times, um, is negative six four over the entire outfield. Uh, do you see that worsening? Do you see it being markedly worse? I don't think it's gonna. I, I don't think, think it'd be markedly. What worse. I think the, the the thing is, and mm-hmm. why you can put an outfield like that on the field, is you have a pitching staff that's striking out roughly twenty five percent of the guys that come to the plate. Yeah. yeah. So you don't even have to worry about balls out there. And then when they do overpower a guy, it's just your standard routine fly ball. Run under it, catch it, you're done. Let's face it, there's been times where we could have guys in the outfield that are literally statues of the guys who were supposed to be there. Josh Willingham. Well, (laughs) I mean, think about it. Put Gio Gonzalez on the mound, right? And then just put three literal statues. Like, I'm not even joking. Put three statues out there. of One of Harper... One of Morse when he's healthy, and one of Lombardo's, just to see what happens. <laughs> well, it, there's 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 stories from the Negro Leagues uh-huh. that when Satchel Paige was on the mound, he would call his outfielders in. He'd say, "Come on in, come on into the infield, just hang out. Yeah, I'm gonna strike this guy out. <laughs> he strike him out. Outfielders turn to go back. No, 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 stay here, stay here. I'm gonna strike this guy out. Strike him out. Next guy, up, oh, strike out." And just he would just that's how he would play a game, and I think part of it is mind games too. Yeah, because I think you we've all seen this where the infield is drawn in. <laughs> yes, and you, the batter knows all they have to do is hit a freaking fly ball. They ground it right to the second baseman. Yeah, I think part of this is just they know just. That's it, why the old five man infield works so well. Here's think, here's I something think that's that I, how Harper would pitch. Yeah, if he was pitching, he'd be like. Nah, come here, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this guy, he's mine. Yeah. Yeah, but I know from experience, my own experience, I hate when people relate their own experience to, to baseball players. I think it's the stupidest thing you can do. But this is more of a human experience. That when I go golfing, if there is water on a hole, and someone says to me, don't hit it in the water, you know where that golf ball's going? In the water. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because that's the only thing that's in my mind. That would explain why our guys can never get the ball out of the infield when there's a guy on third base. Less than two outs. Or even just hit it to the freaking second baseman. They're done. Just hit it out of the infield. Just hit it out. It's all they're thinking, and then they just hit it to an infield. Um, you know what? Davey should tell them to go up there and peg the second baseman in the head. I wonder what they would do then. <laughs> I don't know. Or tell them to go up there and strike out. But I, I always have been under the belief that major league players should have a better mental makeup than I do. I don't know why that is, but I just feel that way. I mean... You think so? Yeah, you would. Uh, Because if I had the mental makeup of a major league baseball player, 
and the physical attributes of one, I'd probably be playing baseball. <laughs> Profound. Good, sir. <laughs> yes, you're welcome. Profound. You're welcome for I feel like I've been thoughts. not only enlightened, but... Educated. Enlightened. <laughs> Thank you, man. Wow. Well played there, sir. Um, to completely switch gears here, uh, the draft is upcoming this Monday, uh, and we're going to get Sean Hogan here on the phone right when we come back. Citizens of Natstown will be right back. This break in the action is brought to you by Supernova Realty. If you want a house, townhouse, condo, or apartment to match your Natstown state of mind, then visit www.supernovarealty.com. All right, Natstown, we've got uh, our very own Sean Hogan on the line. Uh, here to talk some uh, some drafts and prospects. MLB draft right around the corner. Uh, Sean, uh, we're picking 16th? Yes, sir. All right. Uh, what are we looking at uh, as far as available prospects uh, when it comes up uh, to number 16? <clears throat> well, I'm working on my, uh, on my big board right now. And to be honest, a lot of the guys that I think are going to be available when we pick at 16 are guys that are pretty high on my board. Um, there's not a lot of top end, like top end talent this draft. I mean, there's a lot of guys with high ceilings and low floors, and then there's a lot of guys that you know they'll probably be major leaguers, but don't really have a whole lot to you know build upon. Uh, one guy I love is Marcus Stroman, uh, righty from Duke. He would be surefire number one overall pick if he was six two, but he's five nine, so everybody's writing him off as a reliever. But uh, a lot of the Scouting community thinks that he could uh, stick as a, a starter. You know, he's got the stuff. He's just five nine, and there's not a whole lot of track record for short guys as starting pitchers. I can think of um, a guy, pretty good left-hander, plays for the Nationals. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then you got you got Tim Linscombe, you got Johnny Cueto too. I mean, you know, just because there haven't been a lot in the majors, I mean, there just aren't really that many. Five nine pitchers with this kind of stuff. I mean, that there's not really a comparable that you can say. Well, hey, this guy was five nine and he flamed out. I mean, I'm sure there have been, but you know, there's not a whole lot of guys that are five nine that have three plus pitches through 96 miles an hour. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, I definitely agree with that. Um, quick question: as far as uh, how you've been looking so far. Um, with the new changes in the CBA and how it completely screws with how uh, everybody is approaching the draft, um, with what you've been reading, I know you've been more focusing on what the players are actually doing, but have you read anything on whether people are looking for more uh, lower quality guys that they're sure are going to sign or if they're still going to go for like the high quality guys that may or may not sign for the, the stipulated money that these teams have to have to spend? Um. Basically, what I've been hearing in the first round, you're still going to go go big. I mean, I think this is sort of going to be the trial year for everybody, for teams, for players, and and for agents too. I don't think there's going to be any agent out there that's going to say, um, you know, try to be a renegade. You know, Scott Boris is stupid. He's not going to go out and be like, hey, I want nine million dollars for this guy. You know, he knows that that guy is going to end up sitting on his couch and you know, not either not getting drafted or getting passed along way further down and no team's going to want him because they don't want, you know, the consequences of, 
either giving up draft picks for signing them for huge money or or losing that slot amount if you don't sign them. You do get the pick for next year, but you lose your slot amount this year and you can't really add impact players later. So I think the first round people are still going to take you know take a lot of high school players, a lot of guys that may take a little more money than the slot to sign. I do think once you start getting into the third, fourth, fifth rounds, you're going to see a lot of teams go for uh, college seniors, sign them for $50,000 or so. Those guys have no leverage. You know, to be honest, whatever the team throws at them, they pretty much ha- they don't have to sign it. But, you know, would you take $50,000 from a major league team or would you rather go play indie ball for $5,000, wait a year, and sign as a free agent somewhere? So yeah, it'll be interesting, though. Uh, it'll be quite interesting. I'm I'm really excited for Monday night. <clears throat> yeah. Now, I haven't really followed much of the draft. I don't even think I could name five players that are thought of as first-round picks. But I can name one, and adding him to our team would add a comedic element. Uh, what <laughs> are the chances comedic. the Nationals could get Kyle Zimmer? Kyle Zimmer? <laughs> very, very low. Um I, I, I mean, I would be extremely happy if we could. I mean, he's a guy that throws 99 miles an hour. You know, he's Does a guy he that, you know, he's got <laughs> out of college pitchers in this draft. He's got pretty much the highest ceiling, I would say. So he's someone I think a lot of teams would prefer over a guy like Mark Apple from Stanford or Kevin Gossman from LSU. Like, he's he's really got number one potential, but at the same time has, you know, flame out or closer potential you see it's okay because we actually want to sign him as a first baseman so we can have (laughs) uh jordan zimmerman throw a pitch and a batter ground out to ryan zimmerman so he can throw it to zimmer at first (laughs) well at the rate that the nats catchers go down they might have to put him behind the plate hey he can do it fair enough i believe in him i don't know anything about him but i believe in him yeah, I'm actually reading his scouting report right now. It says he repeats his delivery well and fields his position like an extra infielder. So you really could have Zimmerman, Zimmerman, Zimmerman. Hey, there. hey, hey. I'm just saying. <laughs> I haven't been doing this long, but I, I learned quick, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, any guys that we should be uh, keeping an eye out for, uh, really the first round is more or less set with guys that they think will go, especially with the sandwich round. Uh, as we get deeper into the draft, anybody that you've been looking at that uh, either fans should keep an eye on or we should be uh, holding out for? Um, not necessarily about a whole lot of deeper guys that, I mean, really once you get past the first 10 picks, it's kind of a crapshoot from there. There are a couple of local players that I'm interested in. Um, in Baseball America's Top 100, they got a righty from Radford, uh, Eddie Butler, He's probably going to be a reliever, but you know throws 97, 98. Doesn't really have a whole lot of secondary stuff, but you know he's you know from the state of Virginia, so I'm interested in him. Uh, Brandon Klein is a righty from UVA. Um, was a pretty big prospect out of high school, but another guy that he's. I, I'm not really that excited about him, but I'm, I'm following him just because he's from the state. Sure. Um, I'd be surprised if. Just knowing the Nats' strategy, if they really chased a whole lot of high school players past the first round, I could see them taking a high schooler in the first round if, you know, the guys like Stroman, guys like that don't drop to them. But I think them and most other teams are really going to make pushes for college juniors and college seniors in the middle rounds. And, 
you know, maybe make a couple of late pushes for uh, for high schoolers and you know, the seventh to tenth rounds or so. And one other thing that I'm interested in, you know, past the past the tenth round, um, if you sign guys for more than a hundred thousand, then they count against your slot. But um, you know, if they if teams draft a bunch of college seniors, which the Nats did last year, I mean, they drafted four or five college seniors pretty high. Um, they can sort of bank that money and pay guys over slot later. I mean, there's there's a pretty good chance that, that there will still be money there. Okay. Well, that's definitely something yeah. to watch. <clears throat> yeah. And one last guy that I got my eye on, sort of for sentimental reasons, uh, Chris Marrero's brother, Devin. Uh, he's a shortstop for Arizona State. He was sort of a surefire top five pick before the year, but kind of lost his bat. He's got a plus glove, and now he's got makeup issues. They are saying that you know, maybe he lost his passion for the game or whatever, but if he drops the Nets, I'd be very happy with him. You know, he's got a major league glove. The bat could come or couldn't come. You never know, but, you know, it's not any more risky than any other guy you're going to get in the first round. So uh, he was a top five to start, and he's still looking as a first round, but he doesn't have near the luster on him that he did before. Yeah, I mean, he was yeah, he was, he was definitely, I'd say, a top ten Ten pick. Most people said top five. I, I would say top ten before the year, but his bat really just hasn't been there this year. But you know, he's a shortstop. He's got a very good glove, and you know, he's shown power and shown patience before. He's sort of regressed over his years at Arizona State. But I mean, as middle infielders go, if you can get a guy that's going to be a surefire, above-average defensive guy, you know, you can take a chance with a bat because. You know, even if he doesn't have a great bat, he can still make a difference at the major league level. It's not like an outfielder where you're really like a corner outfielder where, you know, if he doesn't have a bat, he's not really worth anything. Sure. Well, uh, the first run of the draft is Monday night at, uh, <clears throat> I think it starts at 630. Um, so, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely check that out. Um now on to our prospects. There is one that uh, is a, a favorite of a couple of people in the room, and uh, Sean, you happen to like him as well. Uh, Corey Brown, uh, he hasn't seen much time on the field at the major league level yet. Uh, do you do you think he sticks on in favor of say uh, a Xavier Nady or a Roger Bernardino when this roster starts to get healthy and full? To be honest, I I don't think he's going to stick. I think he should. Um, but just because he's got options and Bernadina and Ankiel don't, I think they probably are going to cut loose, cut him loose back to AAA once Morse is back. I would, the only reason I'd say that he'd stay over Nady is because Nady's a right-handed bat, and while Corey Brown is better at facing lefties than Xavier Nady is at you know throwing slope, like hitting slow pitch softball. It's still a mental thing. You love to have the platoon advantage, whatever. But I love Corey Brown. He's awesome. He's going to be a good player. It actually sounds, uh, if I'm thinking about this right, Maldonado will get the, or one of the two catchers, whoever it is. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking uh, we got three catchers on the roster right now. Where I understand it, Jesus Flores is actually feeling okay. The reason he didn't start allegedly uh, yesterday was because uh, Davey Johnson wanted to give him a break. And uh, I, I think, uh, I mean, when we put a third catcher on the roster, I said, I think I said to you, one of you guys, 
I said, well, we know who's going to be going down once Morse gets back. I felt like that kind of took the question out of the equation. Yeah, so uh, I think Corey Brown has a couple more weeks. Um, it depends on if uh, DeRosa ever comes off the DL. That too. Um, he doesn't then, get high five too hard again. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> or, or he doesn't go to the DL for just And then stinking. who else do we have? I mean, there's Worth, but he's not back until August. Do we have anybody we else have aside from Storin? Pitchers. Nobody in the... Ryan Tracy, Matthews. but he's not going to be back for a while either. Okay. Well, they yeah. said six weeks with Tracy. Well, allegedly he said six weeks. Yeah, groin surgery. I but I mean, count I, six yeah, weeks. You, you can't, I mean... Yeah, four went out for Chad Tracy. Ooh. Yeah, that, I, I was... I wanted Corey Brown to come up, but that was not the way I wanted it to happen. Because yeah. I actually really started I mean, Chad Tracy. You know, I think, I think Brown will stick around for a while, but I, I just think that the opportunities aren't really going to be there that much. I, I mean, sort of, but, you know, they're really going to try to push Lombardozzi into the equation, which is great. I mean, he's a good, yeah, you know, great no, player. I agree. But, you know, you stick him in left field and Morse in right field and Harper in center, and, you know, I, don't, I just don't think there's going to be that many bats out there for him. If he's sort of in Davies' favor, probably the third the third lefty bat off the bench behind Bernadine and Gale, even though, He's, in my opinion, he's better than both they, of them. But that's what they said when they called him up. They said he's going to take Tyler Moore's spot, and then it's exactly sl- shortly thereafter. Tyler Moore got optioned, and it was like, oh, okay. And I mean, <laughs> Tyler Moore's spot deep in the bench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. doing nothing. Yeah, doing nothing. He'll I didn't. Interviews. I, I have to admit, yeah. I wasn't thrilled with the way that was handled. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Sean, thanks for coming on. Um, we can look for your big board on Citizens of Natstown here in the next day or two. Yeah, um, yeah, working on it now. I'll probably have it finalized either tomorrow or Saturday. All right. Uh, you can find it on citizensofnatstown.com. Uh, once again, thanks again, Sean. All right. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. Good See talk to you, man. All right, Nats fans. That was Sean Hogan uh, with our draft coverage there. Uh, we'll definitely have him back next week uh, to kind of wrap up what we did. Uh, next Monday through Wednesday. Uh, now, this past weekend, uh, Dave, Matt, you both went to separate minor league parks. Uh, what did you guys see? Let's start with Dave. Yeah. Well, I, this weekend I saw Dylan Bundy. Uh, but that, that, that's neither here or there because that has nothing to do with the Nationals. Yeah, true. But this past Tuesday, I went to Potomac to see Michael Morris. And while there, I got a good look at catching prospect David Fritas. Let me tell you something about him. There's some guys that just look like major leaguers. You just, you look at them and you can tell. I know you're going to say we're not selling jeans, but I don't think you'd be a very good <laughs> jean model. That, that's that's not what I was, no, that's, but okay. Anyway. You were just shaking your balls at me. No, 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 they're shaking the balls at you. There is a difference, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I feel oh, we're leaving that in. <laughs> oh, please do. <laughs> there are some advantages to radio where you can say things that are the, perfectly the truth and extremely funny at the same time. Nobody's the wiser. <laughs> but now, uh, back to free toss. When he, <laughs> when he stood up, when he stood up as a catcher, he towered over the the whoever the batter was and the umpire. This is just a big guy. And, the, you know, there's guys in the minor leagues where you go and you look at him and you go, is that guy 12? What's he doing? Yeah. On the, is he the ball boy? Why is he here? And then, then, But then there's guys, you look at him and you just go, 
That's a big guy. He looks like a man. He could probably damage a baseball if he hit it. And then he comes to the plate, and he hits a baseball, line drive. Interesting you say that, too, because that game I was watching on TV where you actually went soft free toss, um, they were talking about him on the pregame show about how, I don't know, the Nationals aren't going to trade for anybody if another catcher gets injured. They're, the Nationals are apparently very confident in David Freitas' capabilities as he can rake at the plate, was the quote. Rake yeah. was actually used. At, uh, at high A, he can rake. Let's well, yeah, but I mean, does. even so. Yeah, I'd like to see, uh, before they call him up, maybe a few other levels in there. Well, obviously, but I mean, you know, if you're... It, if every single catcher that gets injured... Keeps getting injured and keeps getting injured. Let's not press our luck. No, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, in, in, in a cosmically horrible world. Our fans are yelling at us right now. We've now uh, written off, A, the pitching staff or the starting rotation and all of our catchers. Hey, hey, remember <laughs> what, we, what we said about the job application for the catchers? Breathing human need only apply. I mean, Jesus Flores did make the jump from high A to the majors of the year. We picked him as a Rule 5 yeah. pick. But he also didn't play that much. He, he was behind uh, Brian Schneider. And um, he got his opportunities, but they were few and far between. And I don't think it would be a good idea. I think a trade would come before they put Fritas in the majors at this point. But the way he looks, yeah, he's just, very uh, good. I he know. Could, with, he, with how big you're talking about that he is, he doesn't look too big for the position, does he? No. no. He's, he's just bigger than those that are there. Well... He was taller than the umpire. The umpire... Ah, uh, yes, but... Um, but it's it's high A for the umpires as well, so... <laughs> uh, we're, we're gonna just... Oh, so he's like 13. He's, he's probably... He's not as big as Morse, which Morse would be too big for a catcher, but he is a tall catcher. 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, uh, uh, Joe Maurer, maybe? Somewhere along those lines, maybe a little shorter than Maurer. Uh, he kind of, he kind of has that Mike Piazza look to him. Okay. You know, he had, he, he it, it's like he enjoys being a catcher, but not that much. Mm-hmm. Because every opportunity he gets to stand up, he stands up. Where guys like Pudge Rodriguez, when they got a chance to rest, they rested on their knees. And he rests on his feet. Uh, so. Knee he, savers. Yeah, he's also a big enough guy. And a good enough bat. Where, in theory, you could move him to first. You could move him to a corner outfield position. So, you know, Willingham was a catcher. Worth was a catcher. Uh, he could be one of those guys that grows out of the position, too. Mm. Uh, but I think at this point, when you look at his offensive numbers and the way he hits the baseball, because it just is a line drive every time he makes contact. Jumps off his bat? Yeah. He's just an impressive, impressive guy. And um, he's the type of bat that could play anywhere. Solid numbers. Looking uh, looking through it right now, an 849 OPS. Yeah. 849? Yeah. 340 BAPIP as a catcher. Uh, that's probably going to come down just a touch. Although his, his career is pretty high. He hits the ball hard. Uh, he does. That's, that's that's the thing with that that ball pip. If you look at Morris's ball pip, it's high, but he hits the ball hard. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing about him is when he makes contact, it's going 
in the right direction at a uh, high rate of speed. He's got three years in the minor, or this is his third year in the minors. Uh, averages of 307, 288, and this year's 298. Mm. That's that's solid with an over 400 uh, on base. I saw him two years ago, right after he was drafted. I went up to Aberdeen, uh, to Ripken Stadium, and I uh, watched the Vermont Lank Monsters play the Aberdeen Ironbirds. And he was, he was uh, I don't know if he was the catcher or the DH in that game, but he was playing. Every time he came to the plate, just all, just an extra base hit. It was just, uh, 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 that right there was when I took note of David Freitas. These numbers really make me happy here. Walks and strikeouts, 20 walks, 22 Ks. That's fairly balanced. That's he, solid. He is a good player. He's probably the only, I mean, Michael Taylor, you can say he's a prospect. He's not really putting up good numbers this year. Uh, he's probably, David Fritas is probably the only prospect that's actually playing at Potomac this year with Rendon Hurt. And Hurt just got back. He started. Uh, yeah, Perk is in Hagerstown. Oh, he's in Hagerstown, that's right. Yes, so at Potomac. Also, Robbie Ray is at Potomac. So you have those two guys there. Uh, But I feel it's a victory whenever you go to a minor league game and there's one prospect playing. Is Goodwin back yet? Goodwin is back. He's in Hagerstown. Oh, he's okay. I thought he was at Potomac for some reason. Uh, Because the last two weekends, I saw Dylan Bundy Saturday. The weekend before that, I saw uh, Tyler Matzik. The Colorado Rockies. So I've seen a top pitching prospect two weekends in a row. So what are you following up for this weekend? I'm going to Salem on Sunday. I have no idea who I'm going to see, what I'm going to see. It's a four-hour drive. People might think I'm crazy to go on a four-hour drive to watch uh, high-A baseball, but I believe that the Carolina League is a league that can be taken care of in the next uh, couple seasons. Yeah, there are definitely a lot of... uh Really within driving distance places. The ones to. that are tough. ones that's going to be tough is uh, Winston-Salem, Myrtle Beach. Those are the ones that are far away. Because Raleigh, that's a four-hour drive. Um, there's a, uh, I forget where the other ones are, but uh, Wilmington's easy. That's a two-hour drive. Lynchburg's about a three-hour drive. Salem's a four-hour drive. And in Salem, I can stop in um, Harrisonburg, Virginia, and have excellent Mexican food on the way down. And I can also stop there for coffee on the way back, which is that's that's right in between at the two-hour mark. And I know that area. Okay. Fair enough. Well, uh, that was your trip. Uh, Matt, you took a little trip up to Syracuse. I did. Uh, Saw one Corey Brown. (laughs) <laughs> saw one Corey Brown I actually went up there to actually see him play because I was curious never actually got to see him play I was like his numbers this year so far and before he got injured last year and you lucked out and I lucked out I got his autograph <laughs> but uh, I did not luck out because he got called up when I got there <laughs> I believe there was a top pitching prospect on the mound for you. Oh, there was, yes. A guy from Cuba, I believe. Yeah, no. See, I think Maya doesn't like me. <laughs> because 
He had a two. It was, a, it was a pretty good, pretty. He had pretty good numbers. It was like a two five ERA when I got there. Yeah, he gave up six runs in the fifth inning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then the Sounds Chiefs. Sounds kind of like when he was up here. The Chiefs actually lost that game. They didn't score any runs until the eighth inning. No, the the seventh inning. But they put a five spot on the board. So actually, ended up losing that game ten to six. But losing ten to six isn't as bad as losing ten to zero. So I guess though, so. you know what? Nice ballpark. I just want to say that much. Uh, very very well built. Very uh, well built. Like having a good personality, man. <laughs> well built. No, I mean it's it's a nice ballpark. Uh, I like the way it was laid out. Uh, the train tracks behind the out left field wall were charming in a way. It was neat. Yeah. It went along with the the Chiefs thing really well. And the thing that got me about Alliance Bank Stadium is that I missed it driving into Syracuse. Oh. Um, because I was trying to look for my uh, exit for the hotel, and I didn't see it. But when I was leaving later that day, I noticed, as it was lit up at night, that ballpark is pretty nice. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, I definitely recommend making the trip up there if you ever get the chance. I was lucky I got to see Solano. So, uh, you know, he was he played pretty well. And then when he got called up, as I got back, I thought that was pretty cool, too. Um, I got to see Mark Tien. Uh He was there. Who else was playing that night? Um, was Kevin Mitch oh, around? Oh, Xavier Paul. No, Kevin Mitch was not around, thankfully. But Xavier <laughs> Paul, he uh, he struck out a couple times. Uh, but I was I was hoping to see a dinger off him. But yeah, you know you can't always hope for that kind of thing. Who was the kid to get called up there? From AAA or from Double A had a real hot start in Double A, infielder quick. Josh Johnson. There we go. Did you happen he, to see him? I don't think he played that night. Okay. Um, I remember the infield as far as off the. At the plate, the infielders were, well, all middle infielders, <laughs> as Dave might say. <laughs> they were relatively unimpressive. Um, and I just want to say that the Columbus Clippers have probably the worst defense I've seen <laughs> on the infield. Oh, the Clippers. And, I mean, it, they had three errors on the infield. And then their center fielder also also dropped a ball, an, an easy fly ball. And he just looked at it, ran in, looked at it, ran in some more, looked at it, ran in really fast and dropped it. So now we're... We're, we're wondering why Atlanta has a high ERA in AAA. Yeah, but that's the Columbus Clippers. I'm sure it's not that much different for any no. other AAA team. If they were good, they'd be in the majors. That's true. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, that was uh, definitely an interesting, uh, an interesting experience. I'm glad to say I went finally. Wanted to do that for some time. Uh, I mean, it's... It, it's it's definitely fun to see too because you know these are the guys that are are essentially jockeying to take somebody's job at the major league level, so it, it's kind of interesting to see where somebody's you know coming from or going you know. Well, minor league trips, I actually part of me thinks minor league trips can be better than major league trips. You can see some more interesting cities, you know, cities where you actually have to really 
explore for things to do. Yeah. Uh, into June, I think Matt might be going with me uh, to go to Lehigh Valley. Yeah, I'll go with you on that one. Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs in Allentown, Pennsylvania. And, uh, Enemy territory, as they call it. Yes. <laughs> uh, I was looking up Allentown. It is the third largest city in the state of Pennsylvania. I passed by there on my way through. Yes. And um, it looks, though, that the only real things to do in Allentown are... Uh, Eat German food, which apparently I can't find on Yelp for some reason, even though it's, it says that is the food of the city. Um, or to go to Dorney Park. Are you guys going to listen to the Billy Joel song as you guys roll into town? We might. We might just do that. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. our, our humor it, our humor is just amazing here tonight, folks. Yes, we are fantastic. We got, we got two... Two song jokes in one night. You should hear the stuff that's been off the air. Oh, God, it's gold. Yeah, if we ran a mic the entire time, uh, we'd have to put the explicit label on this. Yeah, we uh, let, let's just say we have a tendency to bond when uh, nobody's listening. Ah, uh, yeah. That sounds awkward. It does. <laughs> I don't mean it in the awkward way. I mean, Dave's a little weird. I mean, you're throwing balls in people's face and then you're talking about bonding. I mean, you're the one, you know... Accentuating your flatulence. <laughs> All right, and back on track. <laughs> uh, All right. All well, right, we're sitting at about an hour and a half. We're running a little short tonight. Anything else you guys want to get to? Uh, well, actually, let's go over who we have coming into town. We've got Atlanta and then the Mets. Yes, Atlanta and then the Mets. All right, so what are our matchups this weekend? Our matchups this weekend Strasburg versus Minor. Oh, that sounds Geo familiar. Geo versus Beachy. Right. Familiar. And Jordan card. versus Hanson. Mm-hmm. So, it could be some good games. It could be some good games. Hopefully you, they go the correct way. You know what's nice? We don't face Hudson. That I don't know if that's that nice after his last outing. His last oh, couple outings right, yeah. against the Nationals. I almost forgot. It was him we scored seven runs against. Hanson... Boy, that was nice, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, but I wouldn't expect that every time. <laughs> no, but it still felt good. With our track record, I, that was the game I was most worried about. Yeah, and I mean, you got to know he's he's like he wants he wants another shot at it. I, those guys are competitors. That's exactly what they want. Yeah. Is they want to go out the next time, especially against the same team. And uh, so I, I'd be wary of both Beachy and Miner this weekend. Miner's struggling with yeah. on the whole season. Yeah, but I mean... I just don't think he's actually that good. Um, the only reason he has a job is because Jurgens was terrible and T. Heron is not ready. Uh, and Does that's, Chris Medlin not start a material? Uh, he's at... He's, at, he's, he's in the bullpen. No, he's at AAA right now. I could have sworn he was up in the bullpen. He's still coming back from Tommy John's surgery. God. Wasn't the I think you're thinking of Delgado. Randall Delgado. No, I... I could have sworn they had Chris Medlin up this weekend or this past week in the bullpen. Yeah, maybe they did, and they sent him back down to AAA to be a starter uh, because uh, mm-hmm. Miner's been terrible. They optioned Pastor Nicky. They was did it today. Yes, today he called up Simmons. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll get to look at him. He's supposed to be all glove, no bat, as opposed to some glove. On Tuesday, the no Braves bat. optioned reliable <laughs> late inning reliever Chris Medlin to class AAA to be a starter a day ago. Yep. So that's there what they're go. doing. That's how they're trying to get rid of Miner. But the Nationals get to face him one more time, and hopefully they do not waste the opportunity. Yeah. Uh, the Geo versus Beachy. Geo will have to be very good again. Um, Geo doesn't care. He's which is 
been the norm for him for quite a while. So. Yeah, and it, it's funny because he had one bad game at the start of the season where he went 3.2 innings. That was his first start of the year. Been solid ever since. And he Knock on wood. He does occasionally have the, the shaky inning, uh, like the first inning against Atlanta the other night. Right. Um, it definitely was a little... Uh, but and what what I liked about that though is he figured it right out, got out of it, figured it out. The rest of the game, vintage, vintage Geo. Yeah, he was. It's weird to say that solid. when he's been with us for a year, not uh, even a year. Not even a year. Yeah. But uh, the Hanson matchup worries me a bit. We haven't seen him this year. He's not been himself, from what I've heard, but he's still very good. That, that's interesting. Jordan Zimmerman has. He threw, he threw 95 pitches his last game. 78 of them were strikes. Also hit a home run. That's his issue, is he works in and around the strike zone. Never so, throws a ball outside, never nibbles. He, he, he doesn't change hitter's eye level enough. They sort of can look in the same spot for whatever and just have to adjust to the speed. And he really only has two pitches, the fastball and the slider. He tried to work on the changeup, and I don't know what's happened to it. Uh, but he you don't see not be it, throwing though, it yeah. much. I mean, I know before when he was talking about it, he said he didn't throw it much. He didn't have as much confidence in it. But he had allegedly gained confidence in it. Kind of, And it's interesting because you see that slider in the uh, – I mean, he throws the fastball a lot, and then he throws the slider. I mean, they're really easy to differentiate, I think. I mean, as a person watching, not as a person at the plate. But watching, I mean, we see he throws 93, 94, 95, that's the fastball, obviously. Then he throws 87 with some sink, that's obviously the slider. Well, it's the arm angle that hitters will be looking for. Yeah. You can throw it from the same arm angle and the same release point, and they're not going to be able to differentiate. Right. But he needs a third pitch. He needs another pitch. And he needs a pitch that just is just not in the strike zone. Something to throw. Well, he throws the curveball, too, doesn't he? It's more of a slider. A slur. It's no, it's not a slur. It's, it's just, it's just a very, very short, sharp curve. So it's almost like when he throws the, uh, when he throws from his two seam grip, he throws the slider, basically. Here, mm-hmm. he'll throw the curve. He'll just rotate his hand. Mm. So it's really the same pitch. It's just rotating his hand, um, opposed to, I mean. There's a saying in baseball about the slider and the curve. Either you have one or you have none. That, that normally, if you throw both, you're not very good at either. Mm. And they're going to get hit. Um, and watching Zimmerman, most of the hits that come against him that are long hits comes when he hangs the slider. Yeah. And that's why he's trying to use it as an out pitch, and it's not an out pitch. He needs an out pitch. He needs something that that just completely fools hitters, like Geo's curveball or Strasburg's curveball, where they're just these big sweeping things that start in the strike zone and then drop out of the strike zone. Hmm. And, you know, then the Mets come into town after the Braves... <laughs> Oh yeah, there were other games. Yeah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> we who got the, off. Uh, we got off on a tangent. I don't know who uh-huh. the Mets have throwing against us, uh, but I'm Jackson and then Wong. Yes, it's uh, Jackson Wong, Strasburg. So, 
But Jackson has been unlucky lately. Yeah, he's due for some. He's due for some good quality luck. What I'd like some to see major is, league luck. is him actually get lucky. I mean, I'd actually like to see him have a good game and win, but I think <laughs> his next win man. will actually come when he's lucky. Goes out there, pitches five innings, gives up like four or five runs, and the offense just explodes. And so that that would be nice any night, though. I mean, let's face it. The good thing is that we've seen the offense come alive lately, and uh, it's funny in a good way that everybody was talking about, self included, how bad our offense was probably going to be. So it's nice to see it come alive. And let's hope it stays that way. Uh, I think it will with Morris coming back. He had such a different dynamic to that lineup. Is now you're looking at it, and you're going to have Lombardozzi leading off. Then Harper. Then Zimmerman. Then LaRoche. Morris. Desmond. Espinoza. Breathing catcher. <laughs> uh, we can't just put a cardboard box behind the plate? No. It doesn't breathe? I do think that eventually the catcher position will be replaced by a trash can. Because if you look at catchers... <laughs> a trash can that can throw to second base? No. <laughs> just stealing will be... Uh, they'll outlaw stealing, too. Because catchers are just... They're so slow. Whenever there's a, fir- a guy on first and a catcher comes to the plate, catchers should just forget about hitting a ball and just bunt it. Because if they put it in play, it's a double play. Even if it's a single into the outfield. The outfield will just turn a double play anyway. True. Yeah, but, you know, there are times when catchers come up and you're just like, they'll hit a ball, it'll be hit sharply to, to the shortstop, it'll be the 6-4-3 double play, and the catcher will be barely out of the batter's box. I just wonder why. Why do you do that to me, catcher <laughs> guy? <laughs> In this future utopia, will will there be a de- designated hitter? Uh, that'll be a trash can also. So no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't thought this one through that much. <laughs> Just that eventually the catcher's position will be replaced by a trash can in the shape of a strike zone, which will also replace the umpire. I have an idea. Why don't we just simulate what the games would be played like and just? Oh wait, that's fantasy baseball. I don't Why know how that. <laughs> I don't know how you get from that, from replacing a catcher with a trash can, to uh, that. I'm just jumping to future utopias. Future utopias? <laughs> Let's see, I'm trying to think. Is there anything else uh, this week that we need to cover? We got last week's games, we got this week's games, we got Morse, we got um, our extremely fluid catching situation. <laughs> uh, we've talked Lombardozzi, we've talked Espinoza. We've talked. Actually, we haven't really mentioned Bryce Harper a whole lot. We talked about him a little bit at the beginning of the show. Well, I think um, that's all that needs to be talked about. I love the kid. We all love the kid. He's Stop awesome. Him. He's awesome. <laughs> yeah. um, I think we're done here. Yeah, I mean, I think until we get to the draft next week, I think we'll have uh, quite a bit more to talk about when we see. Uh, uh, that will be actually quite interesting because not only is the uh, the draft situation changed, the signing date. Is moved up by a full month. 
the the date that they have to sign by is July sixteenth instead of the mid August that it was before. That's very exciting because we don't have to wait so long. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all all it was was a waiting game until the you know three or four days before that the flurry of signings started to happen around. Yeah, now you'll have players, uh, you'll have them signed, and then you'll move into the to to the trade deadline. It's almost more fluid for GMs because they're not going to be working on two things at once. Much more fluid that way, and you don't waste the time that they have right now. That if there are guys that are uh, able to get in and start playing right now, um, to either get into a short season or something of the sort. What I heard is it we... actually was really hurting short season baseball, the lack of signings. Mm-hmm. Because some teams just wouldn't be, they, they were barely able to fill out a roster, and they'd have to sign people. Yeah. And you're signing these undrafted guys, you're giving them promise, and your only plan is to cut them when someone signs. And that's just, it's almost cruel to do to that. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And it'll be interesting to see, I think, the, the actual draft as far as um, what money can be spent where will be adjusted, but I am very excited about the, uh, the date change. Um, I think that'll, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that affects organizations. Um, all right, well, let's, uh, let's move into final thoughts here. Uh, Dave, you're up first. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. You know how excited you are for your final. My, uh, Matt's my, eyes lit up, so I had to go with Dave first. <laughs> my final thought for this evening is that I am, I am looking forward to my trip to uh, Salem, Virginia, even if I have to end up making it by myself. Enjoy uh, that four-hour ride. I have done it before. I've done it for uh, worse things than baseball, if you can call a female a worse thing than baseball, but I think I will. Um, so I have done it by myself. I went to school in the Harrisonburg, Virginia area, so I am looking forward to revisiting that area for a bit, and I think it will be a very good trip. Um, it's definitely one I think is worth doing, because I've heard the ballpark in Salem is quite nice. I think the Red Sox make all of their ballparks miniature Fenways now. So, that should be fun. And I know Matt is very excited to get to his final thought here. Well, uh, take some pictures with your phone when you get out. We'll put them up on the site. I will take some pictures. Alright, Matt. My final thought would be that there's no better time than now to purchase baseball bats. Why is that, Matt? Because, quite frankly... Not only does everybody need a baseball bat to play baseball, but I think in the recent months about, or the recent months, the recent week, the most recent week in our history of humanity, we've learned that the zombies are now finally starting to to break out. The zombie apocalypse is here, people. We've seen one guy get his face eaten, then this guy who was eating said face growls at the cops, and the only way to take care of him was to shoot him to death. Did they shoot him in the head? I don't know. There were multiple bullet wounds in this guy. We Uh, probably should have checked on that. Nobody said he was actually dead, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, just just putting that out there. So we can all agree, the most efficient thing to have... Is a baseball bat. An aluminum baseball bat. But, I also want to point out that there was another guy in Maryland who ate his roommate's brain and heart, I think it was... Yeah, something along those lines. Uh, gruesome. Okay. Gruesome stuff. But there was also a Looney Tune in Jersey, okay, 
who stabbed himself multiple times and threw his organs at the police. This is sounding uh, very interesting. Uh, All I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, I believe that the zombie apocalypse is starting to come. Be stupid not to prepare for it. And a baseball bat is a good tool. I would going to see you on that uh, Dis- uh, Discovery Channel show, Doomsday Preppers, soon. No, you will not. I don't like the showboat. My you don't like the two by fours are lined up in your house. I do not. I have golf clubs. I have golf clubs. You have to for the windows and doors. Oh, no, that's a good idea. You know they're not going to help you with windows and doors. That's a good point. You know the um, the taxi driver thing, the little gun he flips out of his, yeah. his uh, jacket there? Matt's doing that with a miniature aluminum baseball bat. Uh-huh. So that if he does get disarmed... Give flips. away bats? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's his last resort there. All right. It's a scary world we live in, people. That it is. Uh, <laughs> my final thought here is uh, it has been an exciting week here uh, for the citizens. We've, uh, we've launched the new website. Yes. It's, uh, it has been going well. Uh, we're back up on iTunes. And uh, as I said in the, uh, in the inaugural post, we're always looking for, uh, for new talent to bring in. And on that front, uh, we'll actually have some news here in the coming days so uh, keep an eye on Twitter keep an eye on the website and uh, we will get you guys informed as soon as that is, uh, is finalized uh, in the, yeah. regardless from that uh, we'd like to thank Creative House for the assistance with our logo we'd like to thank the Isotopes for the music on the show and as always you can follow the show at Sits and Matt's Town you can follow Matt at SodaPop6548. You can follow Dave at David Huzzard. You can follow me at Sultan underscore of underscore stat. And once again, be sure to check out the website, www.citizensofnatstown.com. That, Nats fans, is your Citizens of Natstown for Thursday, May 31st. Until next week, we are ghosts.